And when you do it as to the Lord, you're not upset when they don't recognize you. You're not upset if they don't give you the accolades. Why? Because you're doing it to please Jesus. And even though it may not be directly in the church, we know we're doing it as to the Lord. Cuts down on frustration. Cuts down on being mad at folks. That cuts down on being angry at folks when they don't give you the raise that you really deserve. It'll cut down all that because why? I'm doing it to you, Jesus. You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. Work can be defined as acts, deeds done, duties, and responsibilities that a person does or has been entrusted to do. In this sanctuary, many of us are working or have worked for a business, for establishment, for a corporation, and some of us are even self-employed. Now, from a natural perspective, there are many types of work. To name a few, healthcare work, law enforcement, legal work, retail work, and as educators work, construction work, students, well, that's a job too. You might not get paid, at least not right now, but student is a work too. Electrical, plumbing, catering, warehouse work, truck driving, custodial, working at home or from home. And this is just a small sample of the type of work that is available. In addition to working outside the church, there is a great work within the church. So we have work outside the church, but there's also work within the church. Auxiliary work, transportation work, getting people to and fro, fro from God's house, care for the business of the church, visiting the sick and helping those in need, evangelistical work, maintaining the facility and cleaning God's house, praying for people, encouraging people in the faith, teaching people, outreach ministry, music ministry, armor bearer ministry, helps, and so forth, work, work. And thank God that we do have work to do. I appreciate the fact that God gives us work no matter what capacity that we are in the church. And when you look at work, all our acts or deeds or duties and responsibilities that a person does in God's church as well as outside of God's church. Some, some work in what we call temporary work, seasonal work, or permanent work. You know, during Christmas time, some companies will hire extra help to help with the seasonal rush. Some of us are, are working in those type jobs, and then we have the permanent work, and then we have retirement because we work all those times. Whatever the case may be, it is considered work or deeds that are being done. The Bible clearly inspires us to be fruitful, productive, and helps us to obtain the necessities of life. Because even though he tells us to work, we understand that God still supplies the needs. We are commanded to work and to be productive. If you don't mind, turn with me to the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 10. The book of 2 Thessalonians, chapter 3, and verse 10. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. 
So when we see this, God has commanded. He has ordered us in this. If anyone will not work, will not labor, will not produce, neither shall he eat or consume items or eat a meal. See, productivity is synonymous with words like fruitful, effective, and efficient. And we must strive to be productive in every area of our lives. That's, therefore, we need the Holy Spirit to teach us how to be fruitful and efficient in spiritual, financial, relationship matters, work matters, and so forth, so we can eat or eat or prepare a meal. See, I like to eat. I don't know about you, but still, therefore, I need to keep on working. I like snacking, so I need to keep on working. I need to, amen, I like to go in my refrigerator and open it up and see choices. Choices to drink, choices to eat. I like to go up in the pantry and say, okay, do I want barbecue today, sour cream and onion? Uh, uh, do I want plain today? You know, I like choices. And see, when you don't work, you don't have choices like that. Oh, yeah, y'all missed that for you. You ever notice when the children go in there, they got choices based on your label. Yeah, I'll leave that alone because they, they, they eat your cookies up if you ain't careful. Y'all following Those special ones you put a size somewhere, they eat them up if you ain't careful. So we, God continues to teach us how to be fruitful and efficient in these matters. And if we're not willing to work and be productive, we should not eat uh, or be a person who consumes and takes and receives meals and then consumes it. Being fruitful allows us to acquire seeds that will allow us to grow and be more able to give. You know what the blessing is? Be able to not only afford a meal, but give somebody else a meal. Mm -mm. That's a blessing right there, in my opinion. Yet whatever work we do or whatever we've been entrusted to do, we must know that we are ultimately working for the Lord. If we're going to maximize or increase or boost our productivity, our efficiency, and our performance, I must work to please Jesus. You want to get a good evaluation on your job, work as unto the Lord. If you want to get a good business deal, work as unto the Lord. And God will show you, amen, how to do it. Because people that work as unto the Lord, you know, you don't try to sneak around and, and show up late because you know God has got eyes everywhere. You can, you, you can get somebody else to clock you in, but you know what? God sees you when you get somebody else to clock you in. So you understand that God sees everything. So therefore, I need the Spirit of God to get me ready to do the work. Whether I'm working in God's house or outside of his house, I need to be led, directed, and influenced by him to do the work that I've been entrusted to do. If you don't mind, go with me to the book of Colossians chapter 3 and verse 23. Book, the book of Colossians chapter 3 and verse 23. And the Bible says this, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. So whatever you do, whatever work you do, whatever labor you do, do it heartily, do it abundantly, do it above what the average says. Mm. Ask to the Lord and not to men. Because men may not recognize your effort, but God sees everything that you do. 
See, men will say, well, that's your reasonable service, even though you know you're doing more work than person A or person B. But you know you're doing it as to the Lord. And when you do it as to the Lord, you're not upset when they don't recognize you. You're not upset if they don't give you the accolades. Why? Because you're doing it to please Jesus. And even though it may not be directly in the church, we know we're doing it as to the Lord. Cuts down on frustration. Cuts down on being mad at folks. That cuts down on being angry at folks when they don't give you the raise that you really deserve. It'll cut down all that because why? I'm doing it to you, Jesus. I'm doing it to you, Jesus. And as mentioned earlier, mature saints understand we need the Holy Spirit to consistently teach us. And when he's teaching us, he's instructing us, he's influencing us, and he's directing us how to be productive workers. And understanding that as I work unto the Lord, I'm working for the person who is all-knowing. I'm working for the king who has all power. I'm working for the one who can turn the heart of the king into any way he, which way he wanted. He has control of all things. He is the master. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the one that put the sun in where it is right now. He put the moon where it is right now. And so you know he can take care of your house, don't you? Mm, 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 mm. He can take care of your house. He can take care of every bill that comes your way. See, the Lord knows our heart, our inward thoughts about certain responsibilities that we're asked to do. He knows our attitude and when we do it too. Are we positive or pessimistic when it comes to doing certain things? And see, when you get your eyes on men and putting on God, it, it helps you with your attitude. It helps you with your mindset. It helps you not to get frustrated and upset when man don't do or seem to do as you want them to do. And I've learned over the years, man ain't going to do like you want them to do. They'll do it partially, but it will not be to your satisfaction. That's why you got to do it, as the scripture says, not to men, but to who? God. And so the Lord knows our motive for work. Are we doing the spiritual or natural work to impress men, to gain position or power, or to make money? Now, nothing wrong with making money, but we should not allow our making money to take us away from our relationship with Jesus. Mm. The Lord knows all. So as we work, we need Scriptures like Colossians 3 and 23 to resonate with us. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. And when it comes to working in the church, people may not see everything that you're doing, but let me say this, God sees everything that you do for God. He sees every prayer that goes up for God. He sees every sacrifice that you make for his name. He sees everything you do for the kingdom of God. And if you do it in the dark, God going to reward you openly. Oh, you got to be happy about that. Unless you ain't doing nothing, you might not be happy about it. But if you're doing something for God, everything that you do, when he sees, he says, oh, God. Listen, look at my son right there. Look at my daughter right there. They're being spirit-led, and so now they're doing it in the dark, and so now I got to reward them openly. So when you see me drive up in it, don't get mad. When you see me put my keys in it, don't be mad. When you see me, amen, do this, that, and the other. When you see me wearing it, don't be mad. Why? Because I did it in the dark. I didn't tell anybody, and so God rewards you openly. Thank God for rewarding us openly. Amen. 
So, so sometimes you ought to keep your mouth shut. Don't be bragging about what you're doing everywhere. Oh, because, oh, you know, how can God reward you? Because that is your reward. That is your reward. But when you do it and God bless you, and, oh, God, pay off your debt. I ain't got to tell nobody nothing. Pay off my house, God. I ain't got to tell nobody anything. Pay off all them cars I got, God. Pay them all off. Pay off the credit card. Pay off those student loans. Pay them off, God. And I continue to work in silence and give you the glory. And you were, listen, doing it in secret, he's going to reward you openly. Isn't it good to know God rewards you openly? Hallelujah. I'm working for Jesus, the one who created me, empowers me. He gives me skills and ability to do things. You know, when you got your skill and ability to do certain things, that it came from God. And, and not everybody can do what you do. Not everybody can handle things the way you handle things. Not everybody can, can say it or it be in a position because why? You're anointed to do it. You're anointed to do it. When you minister here in the church, you're anointed to do it. God is giving you ability and strength and know-how in order to do it. See, while man sees and gets the benefit of my word, ultimately I need to work as unto the Lord, for he is the ultimate benefactor. And such a mindset will keep me in good days as I work, uh, work and challenging days as I work, because why? I'm t I won't be tempted to give up. I won't be tempted to throw in the towel. I won't be tempted to, tempted to quit. Listen, sometimes if you ain't careful, you'll be just working thinking, I got to get this check. I got to get this check. Nothing wrong with the money, but you got to work as unto the Lord, because it'll help you. It'll help you. I'm telling you, I, it will help you. Let me show you one scripture right quick. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 21. Proverbs 21 and verse 1, excuse me. Proverbs 21 and verse 1. Let's go there quickly. I want to show you something I said a little bit earlier. I want to show it to you in the Word. Proverbs 21 and verse 1. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. And like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. You see that God would take, he would take the king's heart and turn it any which way he wants to. Oh, you got to hear me. If he wants to turn it toward you being promoted, he can turn it that way. If he can turn, if he wants to turn it towards you getting a bonus, he can turn it that way. If he wants to turn it towards you getting a raise and a promotion and a bonus all in one swoop, he can turn it that way. Because why? He can turn it either which way he wants to. Because why? The heart of the king is in his hands. Y'all remember when Pharaoh was uh, dealing with the children of Israel? He had turned the heart, king's heart hard. Just like he can turn it hard, he can turn it soft as well. Because God, God is a God of more than enough. He's all powerful. And I believe, in my opinion, work is important to our Savior. He worked and is working and continues to work in us, through us, and on our behalf. And as we study God's word, we see work consistently in the scriptures. And I believe that work as well as how we work and our attitude in working is important to God and must be important to us as well. Therefore, we see in scriptures how the word consistently talks about work. And so when we look at these scriptures, there's plenty of them in there because there were several when I started looking these up. 
but how we must be prepared to do the work for ministry is something we need to look at. What are the benefits and rewards of doing the work? And how will our work speak for us? Now, go with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 4, if you don't mind. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and verse 12. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and verse 12. The Bible says this. Excuse me, before I say this, when Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, he reminded them that God gave specific gifts to his church that we know as the fivefold ministry to do the work of the ministry to do the work of the ministry. So we're starting at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. So he gave what we consider the five-fold ministry. He gave them, he supplied them, and he furnished them for us as believers. And see, the Lord is our best example of a giver. Remember, when we read over just recently, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, he knows our needs and he supplies our needs. You know, scriptures like Philippians 4 says this, I will supply every one of your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. See, therefore, he understands what his church needs. He understands what his church needs. And what I mean by the church, I'm talking about us in the church. I'm talking about believers in the church. He knows what we need. He understands that his church needs, needs workers, willing workers, knowledgeable workers, skilled workers, and so forth. In God's church, there's a need for consistent work that requires different skills, abilities, duties, and responsibilities. Thus, the Lord supplies his church with gifts for the work. So notice, and he himself gave. He himself furnished and supplied some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. See, God gives his church gifts with a specific purpose in mind. And every gift that God sends to his house has a role, a responsibility, and a specific duty to fulfill. And he himself gave, first of all, apostles. Apostles are messengers of God sent to establish God's church with specific orders and instructions. Next, he gave prophets. Prophets are those who are moved by God's spirit to proclaim certain messages and interpretation of, of God. We just talked about, remember Daniel? Daniel was a prophet. He saw, when you read Daniel chapter, uh, the whole book of Daniel, Daniel saw many different things that would be happening in the future. And so Daniel was able to interpret it dreams. He had the gift of wisdom understanding and insight and so forth to interpret dreams as well as visions. The next gift he talks about are evangelists. They are preachers of the gospel, encouraging and persuading others to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. You know, it's important that we understand we may not be an evangelist, but we can do the work of an evangelist. We need to introduce people to Jesus. We need to introduce people to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, to the one who can deliver them, the one who can protect them, and the one who can prosper them. The one who can save them from their sins. 
We do the work of the evangelist. I may not be one, but it, can't, it won't stop me from working. Remember, he said, I give you power to be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, he gives us power to be witnesses for him in Billerica and Douglasville and Hiram and Noonan and Dallas and Bremen and Temple and so forth. He gives us power to be a witness. The next gift is pastors. Pastors are shepherds with God's heart with a primary duty and responsibility to feed God's sheep with knowledge and understanding. And the last one he talks about is teachers. A person who teaches, instructs in a manner that the information is easily understood by others. Those who are gifted to provide examples, illustrations, and enlightenment in God's written and revealed word. See, when we understand and welcome and appreciate God's gift in his church, we will see the experience individually as well as corporately. What I just gave you is what we would call a job description. A job description. These are the responsibilities of the five-fold ministry. But it it don't just stop with the five-fold ministry. It, It goes to all of us. It goes to all of us. So now we look at what they do for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12. So we're going to be equipped, perfect, and we're going to be matured. And notice what he says there, for the equipping of the saints. See, spirit-led saints need to be equipped. Spirit-led saints need to be equipped. They need to mature. They need to be, give what they need in order to grow up. See, when I was a child, Paul said, I put away, it was a child, I acted and thought like a child. But when I matured, I put away childish things. So who helps us with that? The fivefold ministry. The fivefold ministry. The next thing he talks about here, the equipment of the saints for the work of ministry, the undertaking, the deeds done for ministry. What is God calling me to do? And, and ministry of those who carry out the commands of God. So we need to understand who, what it is that I need to carry out. What is, it, what is it that I need to do? And for the edifying of the body of Christ. So the body of Christ can be built up. So we see what happens in Uh, in Ephesians 4 and verse 12. Notice how we can expect to be equipped as saints to the point that we're ready to do the work of ministry. As you receive God's written and revealed word, as you receive it and put it into action, you're getting ready to do the work. Isn't it good to know that God will just leave you out there? He's going to equip you. He's going to empower you. So in turn, you can do the work that he's already called for you to do. It would be sad if God told me to go do something but didn't tell me how to do it. I appreciate the fact that he's teaching me how to do it. And see, God gives gifts to his church to get us ready to do his work. 
And as God sends his gift in my life, I have to cherish his gifts and appreciate those who labor to help me get stronger in my faith and more efficient in my work for him. I also need to understand that my work for God does not go unnoticed, whether on my job, whether inside the church, whether outside the church, whether I help someone, uh, witness to someone, carry out certain jobs in the church. God sees everything I do. Everything I do. I know I've told you a story before, but, you know, I'm going to tell it again because I just feel led to tell it. I remember I used to work up in the, what we call the eagle's nest back in the day. We called it the sound room today. I worked up there, and I can hardly tell uh, uh, up from a down or sideways. They said, well, turn up the sound. I said, what in the world is that? And they said, did you hear, you hear the difference? I'm like, no, not really. Hallelujah. But I can know a slight difference. But what was God preparing me to do? For one day, I'd be a minister. Prepare me, prepare me. I remember one day cleaning up the church. I'm just cleaning church all the time. But yeah, what? Prepare me for ministry. Prepare me for ministry. Listen, you should drive the van or uh, drive whatever. No, drive our car. Hallelujah. That was the van back then. A, a little bitty uh, two door. Um, four, I can't remember, I don't remember the car, man. It was, it was small though. But we get about three or four people in if you, you know, you turn it the right way. And, you know, y'all know about sitting up and sitting back. They, y'all know about some of y'all young folks don't know about to send up, send back, so we can get more people in there. Uh, so you know that was the van ministry, and uh, you just pray nothing happened because I don't, I don't know about the seatbelt thing back then. But hallelujah, you see how God kept us though. He kept us though. He kept us. He showed us how to do picking up people, going witnessing, uh, door to door. Remember going to Brookwood, door to door, boy, knocking on doors, boy, tell, talking to people about Jesus. Remember, got told off more than one time. Got the dough slammed in my face more than one time. Amen. But what you do? When you get it, you shake the dust off your feet. That's what Scripture tells you to do. You might you want to get mad, but you don't get, can't get caught up in your feelings. You got to do what Scripture tells you to do. Shake the dust off your feet and go to the next dump. That's what he tells us to do. Are you following me here? So we don't get caught up in our emotions. See, this is the work of ministry. This is the work of ministry when we're sharing Jesus with other people, sharing Jesus with others. So they turn, but the thing I bring to your attention, your work does not go unnoticed. It's not disregarded, and God don't forget nothing you do. I mean, he does not forget one. Listen, every prayer that you pray for OCC, God remembers every prayer that you pray. Every prayer. Every prayer. Prayer, every nickel, dime, penny, thousand, two thousand, five million dollars you gave to the ministry, God sees every dime, every penny. He sees every last one of them. He sees them. Remember that when that woman gave that, uh, consider what we consider a penny, and God say, she gave more than they all. That means God evaluated everybody who came through that line. He knew exactly what everybody had. Everybody had. So you see that God sees everything. And he knows everything. So you know he knows what you're doing. He knows the sacrifices you're making. He knows when you do this, that, and the other for the ministry. He knows how you prepare at home before you even get here in the ministry. He knows. He knows. He knows how you prepare before you get here. He knows. He knows. He knows. So, you don't mind, let's go to 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. While you turn and think about this, no one sees your work like God. And no one can appreciate your work like God. 
Let me say that to you again. No one sees your work like God. And no one can appreciate your work like God. And as I do work for the Lord, my labor is not in vain. So Paul begins, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brother, my beloved brother, beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in what? The work of the Lord. No spirit-led saints going to be steadfast. They're going to be firm. They're going to be settled. They're not moved by any wind of doctrine that comes their way. They're going to be immovable, not to be moved from my fixed place. Hey, this is what God called me to. I'm going to stay right here. I'm not being moved by the naysayers. I'm not being moved by society and the world. I'm not being moved by other people who don't know what God has called me to. I'll be immovable. Movable. Notice this. Always abounding. All exceeding. Overflowing. Listen, doing above what everybody else, the average person does. But why am I doing it? Because it's in the Lord. It's in the Lord. It's the work of of the Lord. See, this is the most important work I do. It's for the Lord. Now watch. And part of my work for the Lord is to take care of my home. Mm-mm. It's to take care of my home. Because the Bible says if a man don't take care of his own household, he is worse than an infidel. Oh, unbelievable. I got to take care of my home. And then I got to take care of the church because I take care of God's house he would take care of me notice the text Uh, he says here steadfast, immovable always abounding in the work of the Lord see in the latter part of that verse he says this, I'm going to read start at the beginning therefore my beloved brother be steadfast immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord knowing knowing this and you got to know this because sometimes it's going to seem like God ain't saying nothing to you. I mean, it's going to seem like, let me say this to you from personal, personal experience, it's going to seem like you're doing everything you're doing for God. I mean, you're doing some of this intense work for God. It's going to seem like nothing's happening. It's going to seem like you've been giving, nothing's happening. It's going to seem like you've been praying and nothing happening. It's going to seem like you've been sacrificing and nothing is happening. But let me see Let me say this to you. Your labor is not, it's not empty. It's not without the fruits of faith in the Lord. It's not. Listen, everything that you give, when you give God his tithes and a good offering, God sees everything, 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 everything. So he tells the saints and believers, oh yeah, every prayer you pray for OCC, he sees it. 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 So therefore, he tells the saints at at the Corinthian church, as well as us here at OCC, be steadfast, firm, and established in God's assignment for your life. Be settled and established in what God has called for you to do and where he's called for you to go, despite what I think, feel, or heard someone say. Whatever work I'm called to do, it needs to be abounding, exceeding, above and beyond, yes, over the top, to give God my best. 
to give God my best and continue to learn how to give him better. You, listen, one thing you can't stop it doing is giving God best, your best. But your best can always be better. Thank God for God allowing us to improve. Paul was letting the church at Corinthians know as well as us as fellow believers that our labor and intensity and our work we do for God is not in vain. Spirit-led saints understands more and more that our works for the Lord is not empty nor is without the fruits of faith. I'm grateful to serve a God who loves me enough to get me ready for to work because he knows my work will follow me in this life and in the life to come. What do we do? What do we do for God? What we do for God is bigger than what we might see or comprehend. See, in most cases, man would not know exactly how your work fits in or even what you do sometimes, but God does. Don't mess up your reward by bragging to everybody, I did this, I did that, or this, that, and the other. When it's God who worked through you. It's God that works through us. I take, listen, I'm learning. I'm still learning. Listen, God works through us. He works through us. He, work, he, work, he can work just like he can work through me. He can work through somebody else. He can work through somebody else. I said, you know, one thing I got to always remember, I can be replaced. I can. I can. So I want to make sure I do what's right according to God. It may seem small and insignificant, but God sees all and he knows all. And our works will follow us into glory. Notice Revelation 14 and 13. Let's turn there. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 13. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. If your work followed you, would you be, would you want to follow you first of all? If it follow you, could you show it to the master? Will my work follow me? Your work gonna follow you. The Bible says that. That's just plain right there. Your work's gonna follow you. So if my work going to follow me, I need to allow the Spirit of God to prepare me to do the work the way he wants it done. I don't need to do it the way I want to do it. I, I need to do it the way he wants to do it if my work's going to follow me. I don't need to be talking about, well, I think it need to be done like this. No, his, the work's going to follow me. So I need to do it to, like the one who told me or is going to be there when I present the work to him. So I need God to continue to teach me how to be more effective and efficient worker for him on a daily basis. You know, if he said something like, men ought to always pray and not to lose heart, that going to follow me. I give God tithes and offering, that's going to follow me. My witnessing, that's going to follow me. My loving you is going to follow me. My attitude going to what? Follow me. You see how the works are following us, as Scripture says here? And so we need to understand, if it's following me, I need to be a spirit-led saint and do it the way God wants it done. I know some of y'all are supervisors now and, and, and so forth. If you had somebody that worked for you 
and they're supposed to do it a certain way, and all of a sudden they start doing it the way they think it needs to be done, that might be a problem. That might be a problem. So therefore, we need to do it the way God wants it done. Are y'all seeing that so far? I need to grow in my thinking, talking, and acting when it comes to doing what God has entrusted me to do. I need to strive daily to do my best, give him my best, and represent him in the best possible way, whether I'm teaching, preaching, praying, singing, picking up somebody. Listen, when I pick up somebody, hey, I need to go in there with a smile. You ready to go to church today? Hey, let's go. Oh, glory be to God. Yes, I'm ready to pick you up. Hey, get in the van. Get in the van. What's wrong with you? Hurry up. You got to have the right, right attitude. Right attitude. So notice this. I need to work as unto the Lord. I believe that God provides instruction and guides in his written and revealed word that will consistently prepare us to do the work. See, God's word will get us ready or prepared to do his word, which brings me to today's text, text Acts 13, 1 through 3. Acts 13, 1 through 3. Let's go to Acts 13, 1 through 3. I'm going to read it to you and go back and talk to you about it. Now, in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manon, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetra, and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Then having fasted and, fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So starting at verse 1, now in the church, the church is the called out one. This was specifically the church at Antioch he, that, that Paul, excuse me, that Saul was at along with Barnabas. There were certain prophets and teachers. Y'all remember earlier we talked about in Ephesians 4 and 11. And God gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. So at the church at Antioch, God had gave prophets and teachers. All right? God had gave them. He gave the prophets. He gave the teachers. And we see specifically that he gave them to this particular church. And remember, prophets, prophets are those who are moved by God's spirit to proclaim certain messages and interpretations of God. They're inspired by men and women of God. And they, he also gave teachers who are going to be talking about, we talk about Barnabas and Saul. Teachers is a person who teaches, instructs in a manner that the information is easily understood by others. An effective teacher understands that the Holy Spirit is the master teacher. So we see here he, that God had gave them to the church. He had gave them prophets. He had gave them teachers. And one who, who he gave, who we're going to be talking about, is Barnabas. Barnabas was known as a good teacher. His name means son of rest. He was a companion of Saul, who we would know as Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And Saul, his name means desire. He is the Jewish name for Paul. And both had the ability to teach. Of course, we read about Paul's teaching as we read about uh, what goes on in Scripture. Now, Barnabas was known for his ability to teach. We find this in Acts chapter 9, verse 27. 
But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road. This is talking about Saul. And he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. Saul, as we know, converted to Paul at one point in his life, made havoc on the church and was threatening and, and harming Christians. We find this in Acts chapter 8, verse 3. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. So we see that Saul, even though he was killing Christians at one point, had been converted. Thank God for salvation. Thank God for saving. Listen, if, if Saul, who was an individual who was bringing havoc on the church, can be changed, I know there's hope for us too. I know there's hope for us too. So we also read in Acts chapter 9, verse 1, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. So we see that Saul was an individual. He was bringing havoc on the church. He was bringing havoc. But God had saved him. Say, I mean, he saved him, y'all. But see, when he saved him, he had to change him. He had to, he had to, he had to listen, listen, he can take that old Saul and put him up in the church. It's like leaving the chicken in the, in the uh, what's that, that old saying go? The, the rooster in the, chin house, in the hen house. He had to be converted. He had to be converted. So he was converted. He was changed. He was changed. He was changed. Now, when we look at Barnabas and Saul, we know God to be their Savior, one who delivers, protects, and calls us to prosper despite our past. And let's say Paul had a rough past. He wasn't no joke, y'all. Paul was not nobody you played with. He caused havoc on the church, yet God used him to write approximately two-thirds of the New Testament. When you read about Paul and people like Peter, y'all say, man, I know God can save me. And all that keep me saved, too, is that. <laughs> Glory be to God. Woo! My takeaway is the Holy Spirit will save me and get me ready for the work that he has called me. But when he got him saved, he had to get him ready to do the work. Before he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, you need to understand, he couldn't write it after he first got saved or first got converted. Just He might have killed a Christian a day or two before. He had to be what? Get ready for the work. He had to get ready for the work. And just like God, you know, is saving us, you know, we got, might have got mad. We done told somebody off. We done, we done did this, that, and the other. We, now we've got to sing praises to God now. You know, God got to what? Change us. He got to get us ready for the work. Now, you know, the other day, you know, you were mad at work. You done told them folks, you done threw something at them. It didn't hit nobody, so they gave you another chance. And so now you got to come back and minister to the Lord. So now God got to what? Change you. You got upset with your spouse. You looked at him and you looked at her and y'all get ready. Y'all had some blow down. Y'all go, hey, I tell you what. I, I. And like, then you had to what? Get ready. To come to church. Look how y'all looking at me right now. Like y'all don't be messing up and got, then got to get ready to come to church. Listen, you ain't got mad. Now you got to get ready to come to church. They shorted you 25 cents. Now you got to get ready to come to church. Now, listen, you got mad at your co-workers. You got mad at your family. You ain't got this, that, and the other. And now, God got to change you. Before you look at them funny, y'all look at yourself sometimes. Got mad at them children. Told you, yeah, listen, if y'all don't clean this house up in here, I'll tell you what, I'll turn this thing outside. Now you got to repent and get back, get ready for. Are y'all seeing this here? That just like he did it for Paul, 
he'll do it for us. Just like he did it for Barnabas, he'll do it for us. Now, of course, what you saw here in the text, but he'll get us what? Ready for the work. Two things that we see here. Now, the next topic, before I say that, the next topic I'm going to talk to you about is going to deal in verse 2 requires two things. It requires self-denial. It requires putting our flesh under subjection. It requires maturity, for which I'm growing daily, personally speaking, myself. And at times, maybe we tempted to do the first part of the text, but not the latter part. Two things they did. They ministered to the Lord, and they fasted. They ministered to the Lord, and they fasted. Now, interesting there, when you look up that word, minister to the Lord, I thought it was something like they just worship God. This, this. I thought that was it. But I found out worshiping was just a part of it. That term there means to do all types of work. Worshiping God, witnessing, worshiping, praising, giving. It's just ministering to the Lord in whatever capacity he's telling you to do at that time. Are y'all seeing that? And then they also fasted. They fasted as well. They put the, far as I can tell, they abstained from food or certain foods for a period of time. See, if you do a service or perform a work, you're ministering to, notice the object of who they're ministering to, the Lord, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And see, when they were doing that, as they were ministering to the Lord, it was preparing them for what God was calling them to do. When they were worshiping, it prepared them for what God has called them to do. When they were witnessing, it prepared them for what God called them to do. Listen, when they were giving, it prepared them for what God has called for them to do. When they were loving their sisters and brothers, it, it ministered to them for what they were called to do. And you need to understand that when you minister to the Lord, it's not just sitting there doing nothing, but it's ministering to the Lord. And when you minister to the Lord, it prepares you for what God has called for you to do. I told y'all a quick story about me working up there and doing these different things. But what, actually what I was doing was ministering to the Lord. Because I, I had to do it as unto the Lord. And as I did it unto the Lord, the Lord was preparing me for what he had called for me to do a little bit later. And see, whatever you're doing right now, it's ministering to the Lord. Whether it's ministering to your family, ministering at your workplace, ministering in your business, ministering at school, ministering wherever, you are ministering to the Lord. And when you minister to the Lord and fast, it prepares you for what he called for you to do. Therefore, your labor is not in vain. Because why? It's preparing you for, to do a greater work for him. And this is what you see here. When they minister and fast, they minister, they carried out their duties and responsibilities for God. Not only that, they fasted, in which, we, remember we just finished up the fast here, the corporate fast at OCC, but it is preparing us to do the work for 2024. You know, I said, when we minister to the Lord and fasting, so I always tell you, just don't skip a meal. Spend time with God. Spend time doing the will of God. Because some people, all they do is sit around. Okay, it's 11-11 right now. And I said I'm going to fast to 4 o'clock. And you start looking like that. Oh, 11-12. Oh, I got, I'm, I got, I'm one minute closer to my goal. 
Well, that's when your stomach starts turning sideways. And then that's when you start seeing stuff like biscuits and ham and all kinds of stuff. You're seeing cake and pies. And, but, but see, that's when you start looking at the clock, you're missing out on opportunities to minister to the Lord. And this is what, and see, really, to me, this is me. It's not a, so much about missing the meal, but it's about ministering to the Lord. It's about ministering to the Lord. It's allowing the Lord to change us. It's about allow, allowing the Lord to build that relationship with us. It's about the Lord, listen, revealing himself. When Peter said, oh, when, when Jesus told Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. It's about spending time with God. Because when you spend time with God, your life changes. You think differently, you talk differently, and you act differently. Because why? You're spending time with God. So when you're skipping a meal, or skipping or fasting, don't, just don't skip a meal. Don't be looking at the clock telling, oh gosh, I got 11.13, I got another minute closer to my 4 o'clock goal or my 2 o'clock goal. Oh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to make it? Thinking about how, how you're going to get there, embrace the moment. Embrace the moments that you can spend with God. So as you do that, he is preparing you for the work. He is preparing you for the work. And so notice what he said. The Holy Spirit said, now separate, set apart yourself. An interesting word he says there, to me, to me, Barnabas and Saul, separate yourself. For the purpose of, but it's to me. And therefore, when you get, when you start doing the work for God, you got to do it like you're doing it for God. When you give, you give like you're giving it to God. When you pray, you pray like you're giving it to God. When you, listen, when you play music, you play like you're playing to God. When you sing, you sing like you're singing to God. When you're a health minister, you're doing like you're doing it to God. When somebody comes to the door, I'm welcoming Jesus into the sanctuary. I got I to I smile. I got I to gotta be on my best behavior. I got to be a good, I got to smell good. I got to talk right. I got to look him in the eye. I got to do it just like he would show me in his word. I'm not just going to be all with a negative attitude. I'm over here because Pastor Dodd told me to get him. No, 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 no. I'm doing it until the Lord separate to me. Separate to me. Because I won't be with you all the time. But God will never leave you nor forsake you. He'll be with you. He'll see what you're doing. He'll see what you're not doing. He'll see your attitude and where you're doing it. He'll see all of that. He'll see all of that. He'll see all of that. Listen, when you do whatever you do, you do it as to me. Like he said it here in Acts 13, verse 2. He's going to do the work, the deeds, the duties, and responsibilities which I've entrusted to you. Trust says I've been assigned a certain responsibility. Entrusted and called are, are synonymous words. A certain task, a duty has been placed in my life to do. We have to know that the work has been entrusted for us to do and be willing to purposely do the work without excuses and do it the way he wants it done and do it with the, with the proper attitude as well. Therefore, it takes maturity. You got to grow up. You got to grow up. 
Grow up. Quit having that nasty attitude trying to do God's work. We ought to be past that by now. We ought to be past that as believers. It takes maturity, responsibility, and accountability to purpose in our heart to do what God has called for us to do and put our flesh under subjection through fasting and prayer while we're doing the work. As Barnabas and Saul were being mature in God, having fasted and prayed and ministering to the Lord, notice what they said. The Holy Spirit, they then, having fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Now, basically what that means is they went out and did what God had called for them to do. You read about Paul and Barnabas' ministries. A lot of it's in the book of Acts. In the preparation process, do the work. It would cross something of the prophets and the teachers in Antioch. And it's going to cross something of us. I truly believe that Barnabas and Saul had to yield to the process, the instruction, the influencing that the Holy Spirit was leading them to do. Then to remind you of our theme scripture, spirit-led saints. Romans 8 and 14, the Bible says this, for as many as are led, for as many are as guided, as many as are directed, as many are influenced by the spirit of God, these are sons of God. In my mind, in my opinion, Barnabas and Saul exemplified this. They exemplify spirit-led saints. They exemplified from somebody who it came from killing Christians, converted and working in the church at Antioch. And now they are, they've they've been ministering to the Lord and fasted, and now they're doing the work of ministry. And I believe God's doing the same thing for us here in the sanctuary. He is preparing us for the work. It's personal. I got to work on being yielded to the Spirit of God. I've got to say, hey, not my will, but your will to be done. I've got to fast and pray and minister to to the Lord. Three things I saw that I got to do. I got to fast. I got to pray. And I got to minister to the Lord. You see those three things? Pray, fast, and minister to the Lord. And when you do that, you're fulfilling our title. He's getting us ready to do the work. He's getting us ready to do the work. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at occvr.org. That's occvr.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at occvr.org. Click on the Give button to give online. Or you can utilize text to give. Text give to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225.
five. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at occvr.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.